Hey, and welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, the only feminist scrapbooking show on the planet, where we discuss the amazing ways that people are documenting their lives today. I'm your host, Kristen Tweedale, aka Are You Kristen Feminist Scrapbooker. This is the season of scrapbooking, brought to you by the Awesome Ladies Project community. Download our free app at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash app. Hey, and welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast. Today I have with me Megan and Christine, and we are going to talk all about how to use other people's words in your scrapbooks. Hi, friends. Hi. Hi. I'd love to know if you could tell the audience a little bit more about you. Meg, why don't you get started? I've been a memory keeper for over two decades. I'm really prolific and have kind of shifted how I do things over time. And I'm currently doing kind of a combination of digital and video memory keeping. That is awesome. Christine, how about you? Hi, I've been memory keeping or scrapbooking for, yeah, also over 20 years. Went from sort of the more, more traditional type of scrapbooking and now I'm doing things in different sizes and a little bit more introspective and a little bit more, I don't know, artistic. So that's been fun. When I'm not scrapbooking, I live in New Jersey with my family. My daughter just graduated college and I live with my husband and my dog, Lulu. And uh, I'm in commercial real estate, although I'm eagerly waiting the time I can retire and be a weird old lady that does art in her basement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can't wait. Can't wait. The best goal. The best goal. All right, let's get started talking about why it's important to include other people's words in your scrapbooks. And we're going to talk about people words from people you know, words from people you don't know. But before we dive into those two categories, let's talk about why. Why do we think that it matters when we include other people's words and other people's, we'll just leave it at other people's words. For me, it's important to get other voices in my memory keeping and my scrapbooking. And I think it's also a really good way to sort of capture a moment in time, particularly for people that you know, for the people you know category. It's nice to have either their written words or a little bit of their voice in what's important to them. And I think it's a different perspective than just the typical journaling of my perspective on everything. Yeah, I think that's so important. Meg, what do you think? I tend to think of things from a storytelling lens. And you wouldn't want to read a book that is all narration, like that's all in the narrator's head. And wow, my memory keeping, I'm the the main character, I'm the protagonist. It's also about the people in my life who are important to me. And I want to make sure that I'm getting in some dialogue from them, that I'm capturing their voice, that I'm getting their perspective, especially important for my kids because they change so quickly so the the way their voice sounds the way they phrase things the kind of words that they use what they think changes so fast that if i didn't write that down there's no way i would remember it and then for other people's voices which i do do less often but it's a way to maybe capture what you're thinking or feeling when you're having trouble putting it into words yourself when you can't think of what to say and then also getting in just cultural things that are important to you for me particular musical lyrics elicit emotions from me or will remind me of a certain place or time or story so sometimes lyrics to a song can be the the catalyst for a page or a story 
even more so than a photo or something. It's, it's, it'll bring up a memory. It'll bring up a, a place or a time that I want to capture. And that's that drives a lot of my stories. Yeah, I'd love to dive more into music lyrics, poems, all sorts of really great things that are inspiration and how you use that inspiration to fuel you forward. But first, let's talk about how we incorporate words from people we know. There are lots of different ways that you can do this depending on your style. One of my favorite ways to do this, and partially because I am kind of lazy sometimes, is that I really just like screenshotting text messages. It's one of those things that can be really, really, really great for like what Meg was saying, you know, if you don't write down the things that people are saying, you're going to forget them. You're going to for even forget that there was a thing that somebody said that you wanted to remember. And so being able to go back through your text messages when it's like, oh, I know that we had some kind of text message exchange, like when we couldn't find each other at the zoo. For some reason, my explanation is always the zoo, even though I have not been to a zoo in like <laughs> 10 years. All roads it's, lead to the zoo. It's always the zoo. <laughs> There's just so many things that you can say in a, in a screenshotted text message conversation that I really do like the, uh, do you guys do anything with text messages? All the time. That's a huge part of my memory keeping, especially with my daughter and in our like family group texts. Yeah. She's, she was, she's home now, but she was away at school. So a lot of times the bulk of our communication throughout the day were texts, but I think you get, especially again, in, in group texts or family text streams, we get there's so much more flavor if you take a picture of the text because it's typically like a back and forth and the shotgun approach of, you know, mom, mom, listen, look, look, like those <laughs> kinds of conversations and pictures. There's always weird pictures in our, mm -hmm. in our text threads. And so if you just kind of capture them and print them out, they really say, they tell so much more of a story. They say it so much better then I could just say it in words. There's no way I could capture the feeling of it the same way. I totally agree. I use them kind of in two different ways. So when I'm actually printing out photos of text messages, I do that most often for things like day in the life and week in the life, unless it's something like specific that I know that I want to document and I don't want to forget, but then it's less, it, it's less likely that in that instance, I'll use the actual photo of the the text message. But it's really important to me because a lot of my important relationships are long distance. Kristen and I have a friend group text where we talk every single day. Like it's really rare that nobody says anything in it. So that's a big part of my life. And if I'm not documenting that text message thread, it's difficult to document those relationships because sometimes we will go since COVID, we've gone years since we've been able to see each other yeah. in person. And I do make sure... I mean, my husband doesn't care, but if it's with friends that if I'm going to screenshot it, that I ask just in case, just in case. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, sometimes I guess, I guess I don't always do that, but if, if, if I have a slight inkling that like, Hey, maybe they'd want to keep that private. There, there, yeah. There's a slight chance that they'd want to keep that private that I ask. And then the other thing I use it for is when I'm documenting after the fact and I'm having trouble remembering some details. I know that I can go through family text threads, like timestamps and yeah. dates, just like kind of the metadata. Yeah. There's so much information there. What are some of your other favorite ways to use other people's words 
inside scrapbooks. Especially when my daughter was younger, I liked to capture like the things that she said that were like something she would say all the time or, you know, a quote that, you know, you think, as Megan said, you think you're going to remember these things and you never do. So I tried very hard to try and write down the strangest things. They became the things we talked about and they became the things that, you know, we wanted to remember that were, you know, the littlest details that were important that kind of disappear with time. So I think that's really important. And I also have been lately keeping a list with my sister. We call them mommyisms. So like my mother has passed away, but she was a little Scottish woman and she had some of the strangest expressions. And there's so many things that I think are probably lost because we didn't have somewhere to write them down. So now we're sort of trying to think of these strange things that she would say that immediately take you that's a that's a mommyism and so we have this sort of running list and I want that's something I want to save because it's just something that makes me smile it's something that makes me think of her it's something I want other people to know about her because it gives you a little bit more information about who she was as a person oh that's fabulous I think that's so great that you're having these conversations with your sister even though your mom's not here with us anymore you can still keep all the things that she said alive with this and I I think that's one of the coolest things about memory keeping is that these books will almost always survive us. And it's a really great way to talk about like just the stupid things that are really what actually makes up life. <laughs> and that's just like, yeah, that's it. You can tell so much of a deeper story when you have input from other people. And Meg, I know you are very good at getting input from other people. So what are some of the ways that you have found to engage with other people so that they can give you words in ways that don't necessarily make them feel awkward? Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite things to do to incorporate other people's words is interviews. So sometimes interviews are informal, like uh, usually after we do a family activity, we do kind of like a like an exit review, like what was your favorite part? And that's not even for memory keeping, honestly, it's because everybody's wild and bouncing off the walls after like, we just went to Cirque du Soleil recently and it was like yeah. a really big deal, but that's sitting still for two hours. So they were bonkers on the way home. So <laughs> engaging them and asking them these things is a, a way to like settle them down also. But those are things that I can incorporate later, like what they're doing perspectives are like my middle child was sitting through the whole thing saying like whispering to my husband like I could do that like I could definitely do that which <laughs> is just really um encapsulates their character but I wasn't sitting by them so I I didn't know that and I would have gotten that if I hadn't we hadn't kind of done that so that's like they don't even know they're being interviewed that's just like normal conversation getting people's perspectives but then there are other times where I'm more specific, like around the kid's birthdays or my husband's birthday. A lot of times we'll do a favorite thing, like your review kind of thing. Like, what's your favorite food right now? Like, what's your favorite color? What's your, what TV shows are you watching? Like that kind of thing. So uh, for older people, they can fill that on their own. For like younger people, people who can't read, then I'd actually interview them. Sometimes I'll do like a voice memo recording or take notes for more formal interviews. And then um, the other one that I'm 
not as good at doing it habitually, but it's still important to me is getting elder input. So I'll have an older family photo, like something that I wasn't alive for and just say like, tell me about this or ask about certain time periods in their lives to get some of that family history down as well. Have you found that there are questions that people are more responsive to or less responsive to? I don't know. Cause you, I mean, it's usually people that I'm very close to that I'm doing this with. So you know what to ask. I know I'm not going to ask direct questions about the Vietnam War to my grandpa. Like right. he doesn't want to talk about that. And he has talked about that, but it's always been like, he's brought it up. I'm not going to interview him about that. He, totally. he does not want that. So I know that going in. So I'm never going to ask something specific. Like I'm, I'm not a journalist trying to do a gotcha kind of thing. Like I'm not going to ask my family members and my close friends things that I know are going to make them uncomfortable because if they don't want to talk about it, they wouldn't want me writing it down for posterity. I guess it's not very helpful, but I've been doing it so long that people expect it from me. So it's not awkward or weird anymore because they're like that. Oh yeah, Megan's like, it's Megan again, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, so. that is that is a thing. like it's it's good that you're talking about how like it can be a little bit awkward at first but you know right. then people just get used to it I mean it's very similar to photos like a lot of people were very uncomfortable being in photos like especially women in my family like didn't like the way they looked but like once they saw the finished product they really wanted to be in it and then now I'm a, like I'm not I'm not in a super photo takey place for me. I'm still taking photos almost every day, but for me, like to go to an event and be like, everybody has their phone out. Like somebody can text me a picture. I don't need one that I took like that is very different from five years ago. Uh, so there'll be times where like, I don't have my phone out and then other people will be like, oh, you got to take a picture for the scrapbook. So like, I've kind of unintentionally trained people <laughs> in, in my life. Um, and that's happened with, with this too, with the with the text, with their perspectives. I think one other really great thing that you can do to like help people get used to the idea of, hey, I want your words, is give everybody the same journaling card and ask them to fill out mm -hmm. like one question. What was your favorite part of today? Or what did you like most about the zoo? And that way it's just somebody answering one question. And it's so much less intimidating because especially you can do them on journaling cards. If you give somebody a three by four mm -hmm. journaling card, that's like one or two sentences. And it's very easy for somebody who has not done this before to come up with one sentence about themselves or two sentences about themselves. And the more you train people to be like, yeah, no, I loved your one sentence. Do you have another one? Do you have two sentences? Can you give me a list? It's, it's like anything else where you need to provide positive reinforcement. Meg, like mm -hmm. when you show people the finished products and they're like, oh, well, I want to be in that too. And when you show somebody like, oh, I used your words here, and then they see how important their contribution is to your art, to the story you're telling. And it's like, oh, okay. It doesn't matter if I don't have the perfect answer because mm -hmm. that's not a thing. And it can just be a really great way to, to slowly incorporate people who might be a little bit photo shy, word shy. You get people's handwriting that way too, which is also a cool thing to have. And I, I misplace things like a lot. So I have to be really careful when I'm doing that. Like it was a lot easier when I was pocket scrapbooking because I would just like put it right where right it in goes. The pocket. So now I like take a picture of it. Nice. So then it's at the date where it goes kind of in my photos. 
my family's gotten better about that as I've asked them to do it more and they've seen the end result. They're getting more used to it. And not just the written things, one of the ways that I have found, especially with like Week in the Life in particular, um, I've asked them, you don't have to write anything down, but take pictures of, like take a screen capture of the podcast you're listening to. Take a picture of the book you're reading. Show me your Spotify playlist. So even though it's not necessarily their words per se, it is their voice. Yes. Interesting way to capture it and include it. And then I'll find even my daughter who sort of look like kind of rolls her eyes and is like, why am I doing this? But okay. And then a few years later, she'll be like, oh, I forgot all about, oh, that was, that was, I played that all the time when I was in my freshman year or, you know, I, oh, that book was so good. I remember reading that for this class or whatever. So they do kind of, it. that's, you don't remember those things. And it's, it's, a, again, another way to capture a moment in time that you otherwise would just forget about. They're, they're, they're the, they're the important details, but they're also the ones that fall away so easily. So easily. And especially when we do things that are somewhat the same, you know, season in and season out, it's so hard to remember what happened with that specific thing in a particular season. Yeah. And so jotting it down can be one of the fastest and easiest ways to do it. And I love, Meg, you just take pictures of things because that that just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I have the actual thing. I might have, I'll probably have the actual thing. Right. But if I but don't, then I have a picture of it. And that's almost as good. And with the, the digital scrapbooking, so I'm planning on printing out photo books, but because I organize books chronologically, but I don't scrapbook chronologically, who knows when I'll actually like print one off and I'll have <laughs> like a chunk of time that is a book's worth finished. But I'm just going to make like a little pocket in the, on mm -hmm. the back of it to put that kind of stuff in, or I might leave some pages blank so that I can paste some of that physical kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that'd in. be a really cute idea. Like if you had like a three by four blank box mm -hmm. and you just glue in that three by four yeah. journaling card. Oh, that that's so cool. Hybridish, like backwards yeah. hybrid. I like that when we have hybrid scrapbooking, it can be 95% digital and 5% physical, 5% digital 95 yeah. there's this huge it's not just like well half of your photo half of your pages from digital scrapbooking and half of your pages from physical scrapbooking there's so many different ways for you to combine things i've done it before where with vacation albums i got the photos printed but then i did the journaling by hand and then did like stamps and like flat titles and stuff you gotta stay flat then but you, you, you do know. have to stay flat it, but yeah that's, oh, but that's it, a great idea. it also saved me a lot of money on printing out photos <laughs> It's cheaper to get the photos printed in a book than printing them individually and having paper and having protectors. So I just bought, I just printed, you know, whatever, all of my pictures from last year that I had not printed. So I got a, I got a large box today mm. of photos. And now I have whatever 30 times five is. I have 150 photos to go through. So uh, yeah, funny. no, it's, it's, it's good. Well, and I, and with my chronological album, most of the album itself is already made. I just need to slot in a lot of the pictures. So I didn't, I didn't even think about this until now. As far as the kids go, I also have them make their own scrapbooks, <laughs> which is writing. So like, for instance, right now, my youngest, Ava, is learning all like the states and the state capitals. So she's making a scrapbook with every state and the states that she's been to were printing off pictures of where she's been in that state. And then the pages that she hasn't been to yet will be blank. So like, if she goes there, then she can have them later, but she's the one like 
writing in it into. So that, that's like for school, but it's also a scrapbook. Yes. That's so fun. Finding the subjects that your other people are interested in. You're trying to capture who they are, their most authentic voice. And one of the best ways to do that is be like, what are you interested in right now? Like what, what is cool? Please don't ask anyone that because they're just going to look at you really weird. <laughs> hey friend, uh, what no, is cool? That made me think of our conversations because what is cool? Like I, I specifically don't know what is cool and Kristen <laughs> loves that about me. <laughs> it's easy to talk about this stuff with kids, but like, that's not the only way that you can use it. So this is like a text message thing. Like Kristen has done like multiple pages about me not knowing pop culture things that like are obvious to most people. I could make an entire scrapbook out of stuff that Kristen likes that if it wasn't for Kristen, I would not have a clue what it is. <laughs> except for maybe it like the name is mentioned on Twitter sometimes especially for music Kristen's like an early adopter and definitely knows about people like before they're extremely famous but I don't know about people even after they're extremely famous <laughs> the the one that I remember specifically is that there was a Jeopardy question involving the weekend yeah I did not know who that was and my response was like if you're supposed to know it because you're on Jeopardy, then you should know it. It's not about yeah. pop culture anymore. It's now officially trivia. No, Jake also made fun of me at that time because he was like, doesn't he have, isn't there like a song in an Apple commercial? And I was like, what does that was, mean to me? I listen everywhere. to like 2005 emo still. I'm, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> in conclusion, the stuff that Kristen likes has an impact on like me and my story. And that's like her story and it intersects. So it's like, you can, yes. you can do this stuff with friends too. It's Yes, and that's that's one of the ways that I wind up incorporating more current events as well, because there are lots of current events that I care about. When other people also care about something that happened, that's how I know it's not I don't even want to say necessarily like like scrapbook worthy or anything, but that's how I know that it's not just me in my head thinking about these things all the time. Somebody else is at least thinking about them. So it's gotten to the mainstream. Yeah, and it gives me permission to externalize that yes i know that. So, yeah sometimes i still feel like and this is me guys this is me i am the person who tells you to scrapbook everything in your life all the things i still get caught up in being like ah oh, i don't know if anyone cares about that i don't know if anyone wants to hear about that and you know who cares i'm it's for i'm doing it for me and i still feel like oh, maybe i should just keep that one in my head basically also, I mean, if you if you take a step back, it's what you're thinking about, like what right. you're thinking about matters too. So I don't put a lot of that in my scrapbooking, mostly because the things that I'm thinking about stress me out. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm very doom and gloom with current event kind of things. So I usually only include it if it's a day in the life, week in the life situation, because then it makes more sense to me. But if I'm just like, what went on this week? I don't want to put like scary medical long COVID articles. Right. Yeah, and no. Even though I actually think that would be real if if I was thinking about these scrapbooks like as a as a relic, like that, those are important things. Those are historical events. Those are things my kids are gonna care about. But this is back to being for me and not for them. And I wouldn't be able to just like put a little blip in there. I'd have to like write an essay and then I don't I don't want to do that. Right. And the and even if I don't write an essay, then when I'm flipping through it, I'm writing an involuntary essay in my head and I have to protect my piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think like that's one of the things that can be really great is like, especially with these 
our, our shared collective experiences, and then documenting about how that collective experience is going, as opposed to the actual event itself. It's not like EXO did this and on, you know, at, at, in Cleveland, somebody stood on a stage and did this. It's about the conversation tonight at dinner was about, or in yeah. our text message group, we can't stop talking about this stupid thing, even though there's we watched we the debates any... and I got so mad that we had to go oh, have yeah. ice cream to feel better. I got so <laughs> fat. <laughs> I don't care, you know, but like they knew my order at the ice cream place but by my face, you know, that's too much ice cream. That was the one across from your old house. That's why oh, you had yeah, to move, no, it was you across had to, the street. Move to get was... away from the ice cream place. Let's talk about words from people we don't know. And I think this is super expansive. Christine mentioned song lyrics. Christine, what are your favorite ways to use song lyrics? That's huge for me. I think there's a couple of different ways and it depends. Sometimes the song or the lyrics will lead the story. And sometimes I'll have a story and there will be lyrics that pair with it and help me say what I'm trying to say. So I, I look at it from both perspectives. Like there's some songs that something came up and it made me write down, like I remembered, I immediately got transported back to when we were younger and my mom had one of those big, massive buffet looking stereos where it had the cabinets and the, you know, turntable. Yep. I could hear the music playing. Like I could really, I could hear the music playing. I can see her cleaning the dining room table while listening to the music. And I want it, so it elicited the memory, it elicited the story. I didn't necessarily have a photo of it because it was just a memory, it was just a thing that happened and you wouldn't have taken a picture for cleaning the dining room table. But it's such a visceral memory, it's such a visual image in my head that I wrote it down, I made a, I made a page about it. There's a, a lot of things like that. I've written stories about my family in our summer vacations because Every summer was marked by a certain couple of songs that you heard over and over in the car on the way down the shore or on the radio while you were sitting on the beach or playing from the stands in the boardwalk. And so it was like every little section of life was had its own little soundtrack. And so the lyrics to those songs a lot of times will you know tie into those memories. And then there's the reverse where you'll hear a lyric to a song and it, um, you know, it, it goes with a photo or it tells a story better than you could put it in your, in your own words. Sometimes it's simple and it's just a catchy title, but sometimes it really is like, I have a very um, emotional reaction a lot of times to songs and words in songs and lyrics. And they say for me things that I wouldn't necessarily have been able to put into words. So definitely songs and music do that for me. Sometimes it's a line in a book. Sometimes you read something and you just go, oh, that's what I wanted to say. And it could be a quote from someone, you know, you're talking about all these things that have been going on in the world. And most of them, many of them bring up so many thoughts and emotions and you want to say things about them. And it's a lot. And every once in a while, you'll see somebody's words, somebody will make a really poignant statement about something or um, post something to their social media or write, a, you know, an opinion piece or an article about something. And you think, yes, that captures it. That captures how I feel. That captures, you know, the emotion tied to this. I want to remember that. 
So is that something you're going to put in your scrapbook? Maybe, maybe not. It's the kind of thing I put into my daily pages. It's the kind of thing, like Megan said, that I put into things like week in the life or day in the life. Um, but I think they're important. I think they're the things that otherwise you might not be able to put word, words to. So for me, I think that that's really helpful, finding things like that, that just help me say things better than I could. Yeah, I love that. When I started scrapbooking, song lyrics and titles were like my go-to for a page title. I think especially when you are feeling like maybe your voice isn't necessarily strong enough for what you want to say. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like we all have weaknesses in our storytelling. We all have points in our storytelling, you know, parts of our stories that we can think about them we can really, you know, it, it makes all the sense in our brain. When you try to convert that to the English language, it doesn't work mm -hmm. for whatever reason, you know, the sentence structure just doesn't give you the right mood. Your adjectives are just, they're not right. People who have created songs, people who have written poems, people who have famous quotes, for the most part, those are already like vetted. People have gone through them. They've been edited. They've been put out there and, and people like them. And so it can be like a relief or a burden to realize oh, not every single word that I write down has to come from my head and be put into automatic, perfect prose English. A lot of our stories are not told in English prose. They're told with video. They're told with color. They're told with texture all of these all of these things and so if, if like your journaling if your words are the thing getting in the way start with somebody else's this is basically why pinterest was invented so that you could have a boat a board for all of your feminist quotes a board for all of your inspirational quotes a board for your quotes about how kids grow up too fast i think there's also a lot of merit in collecting that if you collect the song lyrics that you like, if you collect the quotes that you like, you'll know a lot more what your voice sounds like using other people's words. Because there, one of the things that I was thinking about before we got started was using other people's words in, in more of a visual way. I'm actually going to pull a, a, a sheet of vellum that I have like right here. And this is a sheet of vellum that has, you know, a bunch of different trap, a bunch of different travel words on it. For a while, I kind of shied away from using products that had other people's words because I didn't know how to integrate that with my own voice. Learning how to integrate other people's words with your voice is a process. It's definitely something that you're going to have to practice. Daily Pages is a great place for you to practice this. It's so great. Just write your favorite song lyrics. Stamp out your favorite quote you know find a quote card and just put the quote card in there our stories are so big there's so many details in in so much of what we're saying that when you find a quote or a music lyric it can really help you narrow down the focus of your story yeah i think 
if you have the right lyrics and, you know, certain favorite lyrics or favorites for a reason, lots of people, you know, identify with them one way or the other, you can say a lot with very few words because those lyrics are going to elicit a feeling or an emotion or a reaction and in a very small way encompass a much larger story probably, especially if they're paired with a photo or, you know, it, it, it takes the place almost of a long drawn out journaling or journaling you don't want to go into big details with. Yeah. But it kind of gives the message that you're trying to get across without saying it in your specific words. And you know what, this is, this is another thing that I'm thinking is this stuff can help you find common ground with other people. For all of us who come from big, messy families, sometimes you get along with certain people. Sometimes you get along with everybody, but there are certain things that, you know, are safe topics to talk about. Let's all just talk about food all the time. We can talk about food and we, you know, we don't bring up certain things. We don't bring up other things. But if you're like, oh, wow, the baked ziti at this graduation party was incredible. And, you know, what did, what did you think about the, uh, the salad that XO brought? And you can start talking about these things as opposed to like, well, how do you feel about the current political climate or how do you feel about the state of our family <laughs> like, like all these things that you don't necessarily want like i don't want to talk about how like these people are annoying me i love them don't get me wrong but like their words annoy me sometimes and so if you can be like oh yeah let's all come together and talk about how you know the rye bread from the bakery down the street at grandma's house is the best rye bread on the planet like everyone can agree with that and so when you find like, you know, Beach Boys song lyrics or Elvis song lyrics or, you know, anybody, happy birthday, happy birthday song, you know, if you don't actually want to talk about this person on their birthday because their birthday party was a disaster and, you know, the actual who, what, where, when and why of it is not worth journaling. But you had a like, there's a great family photo. Somehow everybody for five minutes kept their stuff together and took a really great family photo. And so you could just be like, the happy birthday lyrics. It doesn't have to be like, well, five minutes ago, that one was fighting with that one. And those two were over there yelling. And this one was out trying to avoid everybody outside. None of that has to come up. When you start incorporating in words from like outsiders, quotes, music, pop culture, everyone has their own relationship to that thing. And it can be a lot more accessible for people who are then flipping through your, your books to be like, oh, yeah, I love that song. That gets me in, in this mood. As opposed to just being like, okay, here's stuff from my head. More stuff from my head. More stuff from my head. Making somebody, you know, read the novel that you've written instead of the scrapbook. Which, again, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, figuring out a lot of, a lot of words to talk about these complex stories or figuring out the right words or figuring out the right, like, even just, like, the right point of view is made so much easier when I can pull something from pop culture, whether it's a, you know, a quote from a TV show that just came out or came out forever ago. And I think it can just be so much less overwhelming to just grab other people's words and say, actually, this is exactly how I feel. So one of the questions that I want to ask is, how does adding other people's words help you to think about what the stories mean to you specifically? Because a lot of the times we are scrapbooking and we are the narrator and it's about our view of the world. So 
when you're adding in other people's words, how does that help you reflect on the meaning of the story? So we've talked a lot about already adding in other people's perspectives, how bringing in other people's words can help when you don't know what to say, when something's very emotional, but can also add important context. My family enjoys going to national parks. So like a a thing that I could do is incorporate like a, a quote by, a lot of them are historical. So like the historical figure that the park is about or like something that a famous painter who painted the landscape said about it. And that can be kind of a focal point for a lot of information that is on a spread or in a book. Um, Or uh, my oldest daughter, Eliza, was recently in a play. She was in our town and she designed and made uh, buttons to sell at intermission also. And a lot of the buttons had um, quotes that she pulled from the play. So putting those quotes on a page, like um, one of the, her favorite ones was my wasn't life awful and wonderful. Um, Putting those quotes on there, it'll help jog our memory about what the play is about because it's something that's like gone now that we don't have recorded that we're not seeing again. But also is like in her voice, what was the takeaway from the play for her? For her what were the most meaningful um parts what stuck out to her so it's like her voice and people we don't know voice together it's du- like double dipping um so that's another way to to think about it when you have a lot of information a quote can be like the the focal point of the text so that you get the important pull away immediately. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really smart. One of the things that came to my mind before Meg was talking about, um, you know, interviewing her kids after events and stuff. And I think it can give you not just their perspective, but almost an entirely different perspective on something that happened. Like you have your view and your impression of an event or the day or whatever it might've been. And you almost tend to project that onto other people that everybody had the same shared experience as you did. And there's been times where I've been talking about something with my daughter and she'll remember it completely differently and have a whole different view on it from her perspective, or she will have experienced something very differently than how I think she experienced it. What she felt was important or the most fun thing or the thing most memorable is totally different than what I would think. And I think that that's an interesting aspect to the story because you are then getting two very different lenses, two very different camera shots, if you will, on the same event. It's almost like, um, you know, the how they have those movies like Sliding Doors where the same event yep. told from two different perspectives can almost be two completely different events or two, you know, they're barely intersecting. So I think that's an interesting perspective um, from any from any other person's view, whether it's your kids or your spouse or your friends, how your friends see the same event. Um, it can really tell you a lot about them just by seeing what their perspective on something is. And it can change, you know, sort of your view of it. I think otherwise everything um, tends to be, you know, as Megan said, you're the, you're the main character, 
but there's a lot of supporting characters and their perspective is important and tells the story just as well as your voice does. Yeah, and a lot of times we tune in for the side characters. 100%. Thanks, Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> no spoilers. I haven't started season three. Oh, well, do you have five years of your life to get through every episode that's an hour and 20 minutes long? We just, we toggle on and off the subscription services so we can binge uh, things because I can't watch that much TV. So, <laughs> um, so I just, yeah, have to prepare to have a million hours to binge. Um, I honestly, but Jake bought a new phone, so we have three free three months, months of, of free Apple, Apple TV. So I have three months to get through it. We'll see. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. know. We just started Suits, and apparently those are like twenty four. That's episodes. like thirteen episodes of like twenty season shows. Yeah, no, it's it will go on for actual ever. So yes. it'll it'll seem like nothing compared to that. I, and now everyone will know. I watched the first four episodes of this season of Ted Lasso. Maybe five. I don't remember which one. Um, I stopped after the Amsterdam episode. And then I just straight up watched the finale when it came out. <laughs> I just did not watch the previous six episodes. And I am so happy with my decision. The fi finale was great. I was about to say, people seem to like how it ended without spoiling it for me. Yes, so the that's finale... I haven't started Succession yet. I know how Succession's going to end. People spoiled that real fast, but people have been- That one is still worth the ride. Nice. I mean, I will. I just have to be in the headspace for it. And I don't think I was when it started. And honestly, the first seven episodes are difficult to get through. I hate watched it, so. It's, it's- I can just tell from the buzz that it's something I'm going to like analyzing. And that's oh. enough for me. <laughs> There is a lot to analyze. All right, let's get started with this week's currently list. If you would like the currently card-free download, you can go to theawesomeladiesproject.com slash currently, and I will get it to you in your inbox. All right. Let's go in Meg, uh -oh, I think, Christine. Uh, I'm skipping. You seem good for now. I keep Sorry. No, you're good. We're going to go in Meg and then Christine order, and I'm going to ask you the currently questions. Are we ready? All right, Meg, what are you currently watching? Okay, so I've been watching a bunch of classic horror movies with my uh, teenage daughter, and we watched the 70s Carrie, and when we looked it up, she saw that there were two more, so <laughs> we had to watch all three Carries last week so that we could compare and contrast. And I'll just say that the 2002 made for TV one, I kept being like, this can't get any worse. And it could, it could, it did. <laughs> it kept getting so much worse, but I feel like horror movies are the only movies where it's like the, the movies where kind the bad okay. ones are just as fun to watch as the good ones, like to judge yeah. them because then it turns into being like unintentionally funny. So. Yes. Yes. I think that that's so true with that genre is like off the rails is good <laughs> yes. because you know, it's well, it's not like you're rooting for anybody in the horror movies anyway, because, you know, Scream explained the whole thing to us, so I won't get into it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's 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 what we are allowed to do with horror is make it terrible. Yeah. And she and like, good. took film classes. So like there's kind of a different perspective there of like what they're trying to do with framing and lighting that I like didn't think about as much until she got into this. So there, it's fun to 
talk about with her. Yeah, that's awesome. Christine, what are you currently watching? We are watching uh, Top Chef All-Stars. Nice. Uh, Top Chef is one of our favorite watches. And we are watching the documentary Shiny Happy People. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack with that one. So Another much. headspace, right? Headspace. Yes. One. Yeah. We can really, you know, we could have sat and binge watched it. And we both decided that one <laughs> at a time was really all we could manage. And then we kind of mm -hmm. digest that before we went on to the next one. Yeah. Too much of that is going to give you a stomach ache. Yes. All right, Meg, what are you currently reading? Uh, I'm reading Bound in Flesh, an anthology of trans body horror, edited by Lore. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Gislason, but I don't know how to pronounce their last name. That sounds good enough for us. <laughs> I'm guessing that they probably have a lot of people mispronouncing it, their last it name. It is published by Ghoulish Books. If anybody wants Ghoulish a, Books, a scary. Pride Month read. I love that. Okay. Uh, Christine, what are you currently reading? I am currently reading, uh, it's called Something Wilder by Christina Lauren. It's a, uh, she's there, there, it's a pair of romance writers, but this is actually more of an adventure slash mystery romance, which is Ooh. a little bit different. Um, I just finished, uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama in for our book club last week. And I also was reading, um, the name escapes me, but it was a focusing on children's mental health. So I needed something a little lighter. Yeah. Yep. Kind of like to, to spread that out. Spread that out. Absolutely. <laughs> Meg, what are you currently listening to? I'm listening to a podcast called If Books Could Kill. Um, which is different than you would think it would be based on my previous two answers. It's like people tearing apart very influential, popular, like pop science, uh, like pop politics books that have like a big impact on culture, but were real wrong or racist or biased or terrible. And this is why, but also very funny. It's, it's funny, mad sociology. Do it listen to that that's awesome i love when things are serious and funny at the same time because yeah. everything serious is funny like there are people that have found humor in the worst of situations and if you can find you know those silver linings in the worst of situations you know humor is one of those things like things are funny because they're absurd or they're weird or they're interesting. And when you can insert a little bit of humor into super serious topics, it makes you want to think about them more instead of being like, Oh, this is such a downer. All of this is a downer. There's no, there's no levity to it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love that. It's funny. That's awesome. Christine, what are you currently listening to? Uh, I am catching up on the newest uh, Crafty House female podcast because my friends are on them. Yes. And I have also been listening to, uh, speaking of funny truths, it's funny because it's true with Elise Myers. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I love her. I love that. She's, she's she's one to laugh at things that are not always funny, but 
you know, they're funny when they're shared. It's true. It is very true. Meg, what are you currently making? Uh, today I made sodium acetate with the kids so we can grow crystals. Cool. That sounds awesome. I love that. Christine, what are you currently making? Uh, I am finishing up smart journaling pages for Messy May. I know it's June, but I'm still trucking. The, the last May pages. Awesome. Um, and I am putting together some things for my week in the life. I love that. I'm honestly considering re-documenting Week in the Life. My photos and my words were just not great in April. And all last week I was like, I could just do it again. Yeah, it doesn't say just this week in the life. It says a week in the life. Yeah, and and like, I mean, the week of whatever it was, it was like the last week of April, first week of May. It was so cold here. It rained the whole time. And so the only photos I have are like indoor photos. So it's not just, it's just not very indicative of what a week in the life is or was. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking of just doing it again. My, mine was, it just felt a very wild time for me. Like there were major life changes going on for two people in my household unexpectedly at once. So like, I don't think if I had done week in the life, I think it would have just been like a big blank stress blur so that's it'll be really interesting to go i so i needed a break from the documentation before i actually did anything but i think it'll be really a really interesting one yeah like one of those times where i'm glad somebody else picked the week because i wouldn't pick that week but it'll be really fascinating later absolutely uh meg how are you currently feeling i'm feeling gross it's got a lot of allergy triggers going on right now and like ozone stuff and just just my face is full of snot even with all the drugs so even with all the drugs yeah and i, I like see an allergist so i do have well yeah all of the drugs yes you are on like person I'm, with allergy medication yeah i have like 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 serious pills and three nasal sprays and saline rinses and allergy shots and still bad today well you are allergic to everything to actually everything but it's so much better than it used to be I used to feel like this all the time and now I'm just feeling like this today so I'll take it I, absolutely 100 <laughs> percent Christine how are you currently feeling I am feeling uh excited and a little overwhelmed we have a couple of big trips coming up um that are very exciting but uh does anybody who lives a life that is not of leisure knows getting ready for a big trip can be a, a lot of work Mm -hmm. and you know getting every everything in order and finishing things up at work because everybody needs everything right now because they know you're not going to be here for two weeks but yep very excited and uh probably more excited than than nervous that's awesome i'm so excited for you um meg what are you currently planning uh summer activities to keep the kids entertained and i'm expanding a novella into a novel Lovely. Christine, how about you? I am planning our trip and planning our excursions. We're going to, uh, we're going for a cruise on the Mediterranean to Italy and to Greece. Nice. So we're planning our days, planning our trips and planning some more things for summer. All the food. All the food. We are planning to eat all the food. Excellent. 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 All right. Finally, Meg, what are you currently loving? Uh, my five fat little foster kittens. I took oh God, a break so from fostering for like a year. 
um because we were fostering two adult cats for a family member and i have kittens again it's wonderful the dopamine kittens are back mm-hmm. christine what are you currently loving I'm currently loving that um, Awesome Ladies Live is around the corner. I'm very excited for that because it's the first time that I will have gone and we can all see each other in real person. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm so scary. excited. I didn't know you were coming. I'm so excited. I am so excited. excited. I have, and that's actually what we're going to talk about right now. Now that we've wrapped up currently, I want to tell you all about Awesome Ladies Live. If you have not heard about Awesome Ladies Live, I'm going to read my little thing that I wrote down. It is a weekend designed exclusively for you to focus on being creative, playing with your favorite supplies, exploring your style, your stories, and how you want your art and your scrapbook pages to feel. We are going to create some really cool projects. I have two brand new workshops, one that I have been creating for like three years. It's called The Feelings Book, and we're going to make a mini book with all sorts of different textured things. So you're going to learn how to make a wood page in your book. You're going to learn, you know, what's the right glue to use on felt. And so all of these things you can then take and use in your other books. You know, you don't have to make a book with only textures, but once you leave, you'll know exactly how, you know, fabric is going to work in your books and exactly how uh, the different types of handmade paper work too. I am so thrilled for this class. I have been, it was supposed to be our 2000. 20 yeah our 2020 awesome ladies live class and since we have not had awesome ladies live since before the pandemic it has come to 2023 so if you would like to join us um we're going to be here in east lansing michigan on july 15th and july 16th those are a saturday and a sunday and we've got some optional activities on friday night so if you come in uh friday we've got some stuff going on It'll be fantastic. And this includes both days of the uh, price includes both days of the retreat, breakfast and lunch on Saturday, breakfast on Sunday, all classes, all class material and some exclusive retreat merch that I am super excited about as well. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. And if you need to know more about Awesome Ladies Live, if you want to join us, go to awesomeladieslive.com and you will find out all of the information. And if you need more information, contact me and I'll let you know whatever you need. All right, that is Awesome Ladies Live. You can go to awesomeladieslive.com. And let me tell you a couple of the things that are happening here at the Awesome Ladies Project and Inside Feminist Scrapbook School during the summer. We are now officially in summer session at Feminist Scrapbook School. So we are going to have some really cool pop-up classes on both Canva and daily pages. So if you are interested in Canva or daily pages at all, come and check out our master classes also. Head over to the Planner Craft Pro Summit because I have a presentation going on about the seven things that you're going to want to consider when you try to plan out your creative projects. Super excited for that one. It's just a great teaching and something that I've been wanting to talk about forever. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening today. I want to thank Megan and Christine for being here and having this amazing conversation about using other people's words in your story. So many, so much good stuff in this episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Meg. Thanks, Christine. And I hope that everybody has a great rest of their week. And we will be back next week with another great episode. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.